and welcome back to BYOB. That is Bring Your Own Blockbuster. I'm joined as ever by the monster on the mic. That is Mr. Ben Haynes. How are you doing, lad? How's it going? Yeah, good. I'm I'm really well because I was driving. I was designated driver for uh, the event that we both attended mm-hmm. on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Now... I was you not. You were not designated driver. <laughs> I was not. So I'm wondering how you are, sir. Are you, are you doing the, the two-day recovery? Yeah. I, well, yesterday I did the whole, well, well, I guess it is technically still yesterday, the waking up at about 3, 4 a.m., palpitations. Oh, Sah- Sahara Desert Mouth. Yeah, palpitations, anxiety, <laughs> that whole kind of thing um, of like... Why did I drink so much? Why have I spent like fifty pounds on a cab home? Oh God! Do you know what I mean? That real. Oh, did I, you did you do a cab home as well? Well, part of the way, yeah, and just things when it's like could have just got on the train. I had a I had a train ticket home, and no, I didn't do that. I just we just got a cab because we were drunk and hot and like <laughs> you know, and so all that stuff like catch. I knew you were kind of like God. What conversations was I having? I was, you know, there were like lots of people there I didn't know. What was I going? I remember distinctly remember going on about certain things, and you know, and you're just like, oh god, oh god. There's some. Yeah, it was. Well, look, it was absolutely wonderful to see you. We had such a nice time. We're at a mutual friend's barbecue, Um, and I have to say, the highlight for me, and I've got about three videos to this effect. There was a <laughs> there was a there's a couple of very small dogs. So one wow, our, yeah. our, our friend's dog called Hector, wow. who's a French bulldog, I think. Yes, and then yeah. there was another dog there. I don't know what the other dog's name was. Trevor. Tre- <laughs> also Tre- a French bulldog. Tre- uh, was he also a French bulldog? Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. And he had a real thing for Hector. Yeah. And he spent the entire afternoon, we're talking seven hours, just dry humping him up and down the barbecue. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the PG version of what he was doing for most of the afternoon. I really mate. tried it's, to tone that down. It, wow. You know. Sort of going in face first at times. Yeah, I mean, and you could tell Hector was kind of being like, hey man, you know, you do you, but it's just, that's just not me. Did you just not? Yeah, but <laughs> it was... Trevor, it, well, well, you know, he was determined to say the least. <laughs> determined is the word for it he was eager wasn't he oh eager, yeah but so so good i remember we had to got like a right good natter about films and potential options for byob which was which was magnificent well, so so much so and this this is actually this isn't just one of those like didn't happen to the year award anecdotes <laughs> that two people that do a film pod say to each other but we got so lost didn't we down like this alleyway of talking about films and things that we literally missed all the food from the barbecue and we yeah, had to wait <laughs> patiently inside for like more to be cooked, <laughs> kind of nudging the host, just being like, "Oh, oh, was there burgers? Oh, all the was burgers have got. Oh, they've all got. Oh, oh God, don't worry. Cool. Oh, you're putting more. Oh, well, <laughs> if you insist." So- shuffling around the potato salad. <laughs> oh, isn't that? Doesn't that couscous look lovely? Yeah. I mean, it was it was really nice, but it's no fat burger, is it? It's Which not, no. Wonderful. And also, something we should we should probably bring up that we got into the other day is the protected films list. Mm, we did. So we kind of sort of said w- whether there are any films that are too kind of, 
I think there was one that you said, but I've immediately forgotten it because I got a memory like a sieve. But it was a film that we had both talked about, Children of Men. Yeah, yeah, Children yeah. of Men. So that, like, we're like, right, we'll do that on a week when we both are like, it's got to be a Children of Men week. But I like that we both, because just the peek behind the curtain for everyone listening is that we were both like, I'd had a few as we've established that, right? And I was like, look, mate, I don't want to do any spoilers, but you know what? You know, these past few weeks, I keep saying there's one I really, really want to do, but I just can't. And then I told you it was Children of Men and you were like, oh my God, that has literally been one of the ones that I've been sort of tossing on. And we both just came to this conclusion that like, it's felt too bleak right now, hasn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, yeah. In terms of what we've been doing, I mean, it's not like we've been doing a laugh a minute with like Silence of the Lambs and <laughs> American Psycho, but to me, Children of Men is like another level, right? It's in a yeah. different way. But Yeah, well, I mean, I do think like, there's a nice turn from Michael Caine in there that kind of, is a little bit more cheery but other than that it's it's very i mean even the start of it the end of it the whole thing it is it is bleak but it is also i I just want to say quickly an interesting fact for you mate as we were talking about you know the bourne woods where gladiator was part filmed okay that's one of the big locations for children and men as well no way yeah i'd assume the bit when they're driving to when yeah Michael and they Payne's get house. sort of caught out that does feel like a um it's kind of like a mandatory scene in these kind of yeah. end of the worldy style films you know when you've got to do the getaway out of london or the getaway out of the city and then the car's gonna break down or you're gonna get stopped i mean it happened yeah. in the last of us definitely in 28 days later oh yeah yeah, yeah. which is a great scene by the oh. way you know when they steal the taxi yeah. And they kind of go on the motorway, but then it gets to a point where Brendan Gleeson's character sort of looks up and a bird sort of flicked a bit. That's just horrible. Every time I think about it, it sort of makes me squirm. A, a, another film that's not far from my recommendation list at, at, at times, as you know, spoken about on, on last week's pod, um, American Psycho, you know, my having worked on the, on the world premiere, you know, I do feel <laughs> I was a part of that production, actually. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what um, one I will gently tether here because we did get a couple of comments this week. One from Mr. Tommy Milanese who asked, "When are you going to do my favourite film?" And I feel like that's probably one for the protected list for a week when we both really fancy, and it was Blade Runner. Oh yeah! Wow. I mean, that's a big one, right? It's that's, so big. It's you can so only do big. it once. You know, it's gargantuan, and you've got to get it right. You can't. You can't dip your toe in on Blade Runner, can you? No, because there's some of these, aren't there? Like there's Blade Runner, there's The Shining. You know, there's yeah, that's bit, that's on my list. It's on my long list. Yeah. You know, you know how they do. They always say when they're picking a squad for a World Cup or picking a squad for like a major competition or something. <laughs> they've got the long list and they narrow it down. So my long list has got so much on it, but I always look at it and think I can't do that. It's just too big. It's too much to take on. Big. <laughs> Big films. It's like the um, it's like the the, the cake that the trunch brawl brings out in Matilda. It's just too oh, imposing. Mate, another one on a list. I'm just saying, <laughs> like you know. Oh, we're, we're going to give too many away here. Yeah, before no, we we, we scoot too many spoilers, on, isn't it? The um, the big question. Oh, I've stolen your question, but Fine. you can ask me. Go on. <laughs> well, have you have you know? I haven't been for a couple of weeks now. I hadn't no, no, been no. anyway. Me neither, have, because... Have you, have you been to the cinema this week? I was too busy absolutely humping down um, uh, burgers and chicken wings and sausages. 
But there is three things now that I've got on my to-watch list that are not films. I do feel like you and I probably have got a big week of of cinema action ahead of us. I've been twice, because I haven't been for the past two episodes. I've been twice this week. Oh, you have been. I have been. Yeah, I was oh, saying the previous couple of episodes. You I haven't been. been right. Bail me out because I haven't managed to go. What have you managed to no, do? No, go. On. Let's let's hear what's on your on your well, watch list first, and then we can. We ha- again. Like, sorry to sort of like bring the audience in on something they'll have no idea about because they weren't at the barbecue. But you and I did a big breakdown of TV series that sort oh, yeah. of one must watch, and you and Raj on your other pod did a very big talk up of Barry. Oh, yeah. Which I need to get into. Um, is it Severance is yeah. uh, another one. Severance and then another good. one that I've had suggested to me that I've got to get into is, uh, it's called The Days and it's a series okay. on, on Netflix. So I've got my work out this week, but I've also, it feels like we've hit the sweet spot with the cinema, doesn't it? Yeah. Like films are starting to drop now for the summer and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm ready yeah, to get stuck are. in. So what did you go for this week? So the first one, because like I said, I hadn't been for a couple of weeks prior to this. Um, and then so I was just like looking midweek. I was like, I just, I just want to watch something. I was like, what's on? And it was getting late as well. I think I'd had like a really busy day at work. I was just feeling, you know, that kind of time when your head is just like, it's like a ball of cotton wool and you're just Total kind of like, mush. yeah. And you're like, I can't, I like, I just feel all agitated. I don't want to sit around at home. I can't be bothered. Like I'm just sort of annoyed in my surroundings. I just, I want to go to cinema. Oh, like restless. There. Yeah. What, what's on? And, I didn't even realise this was coming out. I didn't even know he had a film in the pipeline. Um, it's a new Robert Rodriguez film called Hypnotic. Okay. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had a good long chat about Quentin Tarantino on here. Robert Rodriguez. I don't know if it's in a life sense or just in a film sense, but him and Quentin Tarantino are often pitched as best buds, you know, and he's got he's got a good kind of film film score film sheet if you like good rap sheet i think they say don't they robert rodriguez i've never i've never liked him as much as quentin tarantino i don't think but i also i've always appreciated his kind of punk type styling um dust to dawn is it stands up with a lot of quentin tarantino's films as well. it's a brilliant film it's fucking batshit and it's it is brilliant um and this was yeah, so it's a it's a a f- movie with Ben Affleck in it. Ben Affleck is a star, definitely in his sad Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> I actually feel like that's some of his best stuff though. Scale, yeah. Uh, this is not that though, man. Um, oh no, because I thought the accountant was quite good. Yeah, but I, like, I, that was kind of like your more slightly yeah. more down Ben Affleck. I quite enjoyed that. This. Um, I yeah, I I would assume it's quite. I think there's 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 a there's an idea there, right? There's there's something of an idea there. You're, it's a kind of mind bending thriller about people who are able to hypnotize people, not through actually um, standard hypnosis, through a type of telekinesis where they can alter people's minds and alter their perception of the world around them. So it is a kind of mind-bending thing. Um, and there's there's something of an idea in there, but um, it just didn't land for me. It did, so, 
It's, it's, be- it's perfectly enjoyable, but I don't know. It just felt, it felt very made for TV, made right, straight for okay. DVD type yeah. movie, you know? So one, I, I think I've mentioned it on a previous pod, but like I, I loved the idea of the film Jumper, for example. I thought, yeah. oh, that's a really nice concept. Something really cool could happen here. And it just sort of, the longer the film went on, I was like, how are you going to find your way out of this mess? Mm. You know, where are we now? Don't even know what's going on. Well, funnily enough, I actually think this film is almost the inverse of that. Like it actually wrapped right. things up in quite so this is what i mean it's like he had a really cool idea for like a movie and it's almost like oh this could work i've got an idea that like here's a sort of mecha- mechanism for a a movie that's a bit kind of inceptiony it's a bit kind of matrixy um and so there's there's an idea there about like the different layers to reality and all that type of thing but it's like the whole point to get to where it's actually like really exciting just felt like kind of like a load of really kind of naff filler. Um, so there's like almost like an hour of watchable, but kind of just quite low grade, like I say, thriller to the point where you get to like the last 20 minutes or so. And you're like, this is actually quite good now. I actually, this is quite a nice <laughs> idea and I see how he's wrapping this up and this is quite cool. That's a cool idea. But as a, a, like if, if it, it felt like, like I was saying, if, if it, was, it was like one of those films where the idea is really nice and the movie's not, you know? Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you mean. So tell me, so you left from that one feeling a bit like me. Yeah. Okay. What did you go for? What was your, your second? The second film I saw was, I just want to make sure I've got the name right because they are, yeah, they're all very similar. Uh, I went to see Across the Spider-Verse, the new Spider-Man oh, Miles Morales film. okay, brilliant. I'm so chuffed because I'm, this is, this week I feel like I've got my work cut out. I'm going to try and get to two films mm. this week, if not three. Across the Spider-Verse, Bo is Afraid. I do want to see The Little Mermaid because I feel like that's, yeah. that's been. It's a, it's a movie event, isn't it? Yeah, that's been given, given the talk up. Um, so what, what was the, what was the take? How'd you feel? So would, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but like, again, we've sort of spoken previously about kind of the, not really loving the whole Marvel thing and all that type of thing. But I've always felt that Spider-Man, Batman in particular, maybe because they were the two biggest superhero and Superman as well, I would guess, are like the kind of the biggest superheroes really. And they were definitely the most sort of prominent ones when we were growing up. The X-Men cartoon was very good as well. But I almost feel that like Spider-Man, even though they brought him into the whole Avengers thing, exists in his own kind he of does, space, yeah. right? You're right, yeah. Um, and so I have always actually, as superhero movies go, Spider-Man and Batman movies in particular, I've always really enjoyed. And I've always really enjoyed Spider-Man films. I love like the first Sam Raimi one. We've spoken about that before, yeah. you know, Tobey Maguire. Um and I actually really liked the last multiverse one when they brought all, you know, Maguire. Um, what's his name? Garfield. Garfield, yeah, and Tom Holland together. That was quite nice. I saw the original um, Miles Morales Spider-Man animated film. I, I liked it. I, I I thought it was good. I thought I liked the frenetic energy to it. I liked the fresh kind of take on... on I mean, I don't read the comics, so it, the whole 
idea of Miles Morales is fresh to me. At least it's fresh on screen and everything like that. I do understand that he is a kind of long-standing Spider-Man now in the comic world. Um, I quite like that. Yeah, I, I really like the animation style and everything, but I, I wasn't in love with it. This um, is absolutely fucking amazing oh <laughs> like, wow it's, it's okay. I, I wanted to see i wanted to keep you on uh on tender hooks there mate i was really worried there i didn't know where you're gonna go it's at two at close to three hours two hours 42 minutes i think oh, wow. it is yeah no not quite that, actually two hours 16 minutes um two hours and 16 minutes it goes by in a flash and wow the i mean the the script and everything like that is is fantastic it's brilliant um it's it's if i was to have one minor gripe with it, it, it because the movie is so frenetic and fun and well paced the certain points when just because of the pure nature of the story they have to go into a bit of exposition and stuff like that and talk about yeah. the multiverse and the person. That was what I was going to ask. Yeah. Because so many films that try and take on that whole like multiverse yeah. thing, the one of the only ones I've seen do it well is Everything Everywhere All yeah. at Once. Yeah. And I even felt with that, they basically said, listen, we'll take on six worlds and that's our lot. Yeah. You know, they didn't go too much further because it just gets out of control. So I wonder whether that may be... When I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, has it given itself a lot to do? Do you know what I mean? They they do it very well in in the respect that you, there's it's no spoilers or anything. You see a sequence at the, uh, in the sort of first section of the film where it pops between various different multiverses. Right. And I won't give any spoilers, but there are some pretty kind of cool, you know, the audience were like, wow. So don't go looking for spoilers on this. There's some cool bits in this. Um, and they, they establish that the multiverse is a thing and they kind of show you how it works very visually. There are just some bits like in the midsection where they kind of have to explain some of the more nuanced bits and it's fine. They do it well. It's okay. My only point is, like I say, because of the pacing of the whole film and the tonality of the whole film, those sections, they do stick out a bit, but right. it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's all good. I mean, the... Like in terms of anima as animated movies go, I think this has some of the best like voice acting I've ever heard for a start. Like it's it's absolutely brilliant. Like Shamik Moore, who plays Miles Morales, is just brilliant. And the 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 way the animation is, it feels so alive. Like it's some of the most like. It is genuinely some of the most astonishingly brilliant animation I've ever seen in anything. Like, it's so cool. stunning. Every single frame of the film is like a work of art. It's it's unbelievable. It feels like one of those movies, honestly, if you were you know, having one of these Twitter accounts, Beautiful Cinematography, you could export four random frames from this film and they would all look cracking. Like, it's... Yeah, I love that. It's amazing. There's an there's an absolutely all star cast. I, I, again, I won't say any of the any of the names because it's almost even though you can go on IMDb and look at them, it feels like a bit of a spoiler because there's so many characters that pop up. You're almost like, oh, hang, is that? I think that's you know. And oh, nice. It's got that. So that's kind of part of the fun of the whole thing. Um, but I think the way they've managed to tell, like you say, like a story that we all know, but tell it in a really fresh fashion with 
uh, you know, a new protagonist of Spider-Man, but still Peter Parker still being in there, as we know, it's a, it's a multiverse thing. Um, to tell a story that, you know, an old ball bag like me can enjoy, but you can actually tell is really... I, I think it is aimed towards a, a younger audience. I think it is probably aimed towards a, a, a Gen Z audience, but it, it it almost doesn't really matter because it is it feels like a universal fun film with that is exciting, is really good fun, but has such a genuine and kind of heartfelt kind of message at the very heart of it. Um, it deals with a lot of issues, you know, with family, with loss, with finding one sort of meaning one's place in the world it's it's like it's a decent spin on the old you know because and they they make fun of the fact that spider-man's narrative is he's you know this kind of sad goth all the time because he's had all these <laughs> awful things happen to him but they're almost trying to rewrite that very consciously um and that's the kind of thing you can do with a multiverse film and it's uh, it's honestly, I would recommend anybody go and see it, especially in the cinema, because it is. My back is generally up with these things. It's, it's just me. It's just the way I am. When people when you say start, with these things, you're talking Marvel. No, when people start gushing over a film in the right, way that like, I'm doing yes, it yeah, now, yeah. I will often be like, oh, "Fuck, it's probably not that good. It's probably you know, <laughs> you're just doing this to like fit the narrative at the moment that this is brilliant and you don't want to stray from the herd." But it is one of those just movies that is genuinely fucking fantastic it's brilliant and just go and see it like it's yeah, so lot, good certainly been a lot of chatter about it this week hasn't there so yeah. that that have you, you you haven't done bow is afraid it's not even on in my local mate wow it's, it's, it seems very limited i'm so i will try and get that at some point so we've at least got something on that and then i'll definitely go and uh, go and see that as well that sounds fab. To, try, i didn't even realize it was out so i'll try and track it down now it, you know i'll go into town or something watch it there yeah, big time. Um, so, should we get into a little bit of uh, get into a bit of film action for this week? Oh, well, I did just want to quickly flag as well when we, uh, talk of our barbecue. Um, I did actually get off at Peckham Rye, which is right in front of Rye Lane. Yes, I posted a picture from there just to see, you know, if anyone could see it. And shout out to Michael Die Spotless Bow, um, who noticed it straight away and said our best recommendation so i'm glad you did enjoy it michael because it's a it's again it, it reminded me you know when when i saw well literal rye lane the place charlotte and i were both like god i actually really want to watch that again now is it too soon it's like no i don't think it is because it's such have you watched it again no not yet we, we're going to it's, 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 it's good, brilliant though? man it's a brilliant is that film. good it, like it is, it's I I loved it, and and Christina hasn't seen it, so I'm I'm definitely gonna sort of see if I can get her onto it, so I can watch it again, sort of selfishly. It's it's, it's that good, and there's a lot to enjoy. I imagine second time around. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm gonna have to have a proper look at it, but it it stands out as like one of my very best of 2023 thus far. Like, Absolutely. Easily, easily. Yeah, I do feel like it's been a bit of a hit and miss year as well. Yeah, it time. feels like we've we've had sometimes weeks at a time where you've gone, oh, not really sure about this. And mm. I think one of the other things that I know, without going full old ball bag, but you look at something like Fast X, and like you're mm. saying, Bo is afraid, a little bit difficult to find at the at the cinema. Fast X, all these weeks on, it's still got loads of showings. And I mean, 
I don't believe for a second that that is kind of like a, an indictment on cinema as such. But it is certainly one of these things, isn't it, that it's kind of easier to, to, easier to drag an audience in to go and just see something popcorn-y like that. Do you know what it made in its opening weekend, though, Fast X, mate? What? $318 million. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's mad. That made in I, its I opening week, weekend three hundred and eighteen. How... Yeah, I was looking at Blade Runner twenty forty nine today, and I think that made less than three hundred million in its entire run. <sighs> and I get, I get, I do get it. I get that it's like a popcorn movie, but like, <laughs> it's crap. Like, I just, I find, I just, I don't, I don't get it at all with the fast news. I, I look the first few right. They were number two, mate. They were like number car two, racing I movies. It. I kind of, I'm not really into cars and all that, but. I can kind of get that. Like I think the first one, this, like you say, first couple were almost indie type movies. Now they're like, I look at the trailers and I'm like, the cars are like Transformers and there's spaceships. <laughs> Primes and, in there. Oh, mate, it's like, how has it gotten to that? And like, how are people still watching that shit? But, you know. People do often say, don't they? They just kind of go on about how unbelievably solid The Rock is as a, as a, film force just he just doesn't seem to flop ever well black adam though that that's kind of because you know there's been a lot of discourse about this uh, i didn't know that time so about the rock and the fact because people are suddenly starting to really like bautista you know they're like he's actually making better films more ambitious films than the rock who has kind of fallen into this safe space of just being like the kind of big guy who's also funny you know? Right, yeah, um, yeah. And then, so he did, yeah, he he started like that DC film where they were trying to really reboot the whole DC universe. Yeah, Black I Adam, remember. And it totally flopped. It totally flopped. And Dave he's Batista's gone back. He's been some good stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has. He's done pretty well. Glass Onion, hasn't he? He was in um, Knock on the Cabin. He's door, in Blade Runner. Is it called? Blade Runner as well, yep. Albeit, yeah. I mean, it's very, very brief in there. It's, it. You would say, a, would you call it a cameo in Blade yeah, Runner? Yeah, but it's a really important scene. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like your opening gambit, isn't it? It's quite, mm. which I thought was quite cool. Um, he was in June as well. He wasn't, wait, was he? Yeah. He was, he was, he was uh, like. I, I have, I have a confession to make. I fell asleep in June. <laughs> <laughs> I actually fell asleep we in it. We are old. When um, that starts happening to yeah. you. Wait, so did I, you I fall need asleep to rewatch it, was... it. I need to rewatch did you, it. Did you fall asleep because you were bored or you fell asleep because uh, you were tired? No, I, I fell asleep because I watched it in the massive Odeon in Leicester Square, the Lo- Odeon Lux. That Where they go to the really big seats and you recline the, in the them. The big recline seats that with is the a amazing sounds. Oh, mate, it is. And I'd had, we shared a bottle of red and I watched the movie. I'm lying back and it's a pretty slow paced film, you know? And then I just suddenly like <laughs> wake <laughs> up and the film's practically finished. Mate, I so. had that happen to me at a film that I went to go and see on my own a few weeks ago. I can't remember what film it was, but I was in one of those Odeon Lux things and I just thought, well, as soon as I can recline it, my bloody well. And just before I knew it, I was drifting off. 
Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Bloody come here to watch a film. And I just. Because they're so st- comfortable as well. It's unbelievable, mate. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Mate, we the- really are. People really must think we're advertising. Because <laughs> 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 feels like every single week we're talking about no, one of their different features. No, we've taken it on to the Lux as well. <laughs> Take it <laughs> as, if, as if we're not on the payroll enough. We're like, and try out Odeon Lux for just £35. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could go and watch a film with exactly the same experience, only you can lie well, backwards. Y- y- you know what? If you do have an Odeon membership as I do, <laughs> you're really the Lux, on the take. The Lux only costs you about five quid or something. Oh, bloody hell. Because like you say, the tickets are normally about £30, aren't they? Um, it's really spenny. But I've been noticing recently, kind of like being out of town a little bit more like I am. Actually going to cinemas, not too, not too pricey. My God, I'm taking us down into a ridiculous rabbit hole here. But we'll yes, be talking about I, gardening next, aren't we? You know. <laughs> oh, mate, don't get me started on that. I've actually got a couple of stories. I'll save it for next week. But we should talk about the film, <laughs> should we? Should we talk, talk about, about the film we were going to talk about today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ferd. Ferd said to me uh, earlier on this week, he was like, you two sort of, the, you do talk quite a lot at the top. I was like... Yeah, it's all right, though, isn't it? It's like, you talk for quite a while, and I've just looked around, and we've been chatting for 30 minutes, and we're getting on to gardening. Sensational. Shout out to to Tom Hayward as well, good pal of the show. Um, Said that our chat last week about, like, as I called it, pig popcorn, um, (laughs) and the everyman and all that, he was like, this is my type of podcasting, keep it up. So, Purdy, I'm sorry, mate. Like, you know. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Right, so, so ben, let's yeah, let's get into it. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what what film did you choose for us? Like people don't already know, but come yeah, on. bit of meet the parents. M E E T. I am watching you. Yeah, just the 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 way he does the two fingers and like I've been practicing it all week because he does it in a really specific way, doesn't that, he, Robert? I am watching, sort of, sort of, I am watching you. I'm trying to do it into my thing that I no wait. I am watching you. I think so. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I'm actually because we we don't we don't we can't see each other while we do the pod. We don't do it over Zoom, so it's always quite nice for me when I watch back the pods and see kind of like what stuff you've been <laughs> what stuff mm. you've been doing on video in the in the background as well as me. But um, sorry about yeah. all the nose picking and. The- Yes, yeah, mate. I'm. Do you know what? I've got a bit of a cold this week, so I have to apologise as well for all of my sniffling. But um, Meet the Parents is just one of those films that I feel like I can. Put it on at any time. And this week proved it once again, right? I've seen this film easily 50 times. G- genuinely have seen this film 50 times. And I put it on this week and I laughed at it probably more than I laughed the first time. And that was really why I chose it because it just is it, it's so funny. It's heartwarmingly good. The characters in it are perfect little sort of nods to the various things that you kind of um, you kind of get in life, you know, and there's situations that you completely relate to. Um, Robert De Niro is amazing. Ben Stiller is phenomenal. This is kind of very... I think this is quite early Ben Stiller, right? This is kind of him yeah, it's, well, coming it's post, into that era. It's post-Zoolander, I think. And it would have been post-something about Mary as well. Yeah, I think, well, that's his first, like, real big yeah. kind of come into the state. Because he was Saturday Night Live stalwart, right? I think. Yeah, and ben Stiller. this is, but this is pre Dodgeball. Um, it's just before Night of the Museum, it was a few years before Night of the Museum, yeah. before Tropic Thunder. So it is like, it's him sort of early days, but it's, it's, it's brilliant. 
and it's such a happy place isn't it oh like, it's as, warm as and as soon fuzzy. as the music starts like the fall in love the randy newman tune isn't it, it also did... randy newman's <laughs> voice man's amazing yeah. isn't it and like just watching that just the yeah the little clips of like their relationship unfolding and stuff you're just like straight away i'm in like this yeah, is man. nice it's like yeah i love happy. it it's cool absolutely love it well look that's that's nice and easy then for you to spoil it um like it's it's not this hopefully shouldn't be too much of a difficult one it's not like a it's not like a wormhole like something like i don't know the matrix or something like that so uh um let's get into it you ready oh i forgot that it was me that has to do (laughs) (laughs) It, it fills me with such anxiety mate every single time as i've said but let's give it a go okay ready Three, two, one. So, Meet the Parents follows male nurse Greg Fokker um, as he wants to uh, propose to his, well, not fiance, his girlfriend Pam. Um, as he's just about to, Pam basically drops a bombshell on him that her sister has just been proposed to and her fiance in law made the right move of asking for their father Jack's permission first because he's a bit old-fashioned like that. So, the mission is set that Greg is going to ask for Jack and Diana... Diana? Dina. The mum's... Dina's Dina's approval um, at this weekend where everybody is going to celebrate Pam's sister's uh, wedding or wedding rehearsal. Um, and thus ensues Greg at the house of the Burns where everything basically goes as badly as it could as Jack is this scary is that it? that is it 60 mate, seconds that's awful that is so bad what the happened? Worst. Mate, that, that is a western super where mate, have we got that is that's the worst one in like a long time is I it, just like, do you know what uh, though when you do, when you forget that it's not your turn it's actually bloody hard but yeah. one of the things one of the things that you you said straight away that jumped out at me was like he was going to propose and then later on you find out they've only been together for like seven months or something oh man it's kind that's, of I mean, wild. That's soon, isn't it that is a bit like when I was watching that, that's one of the things that I picked up this time around. It's sort of when he says, like, Oh, it's been a short time, but it's been like the best seven months of my life, or maybe it's nine months or something. But I was like, Oh my God, maybe, maybe Jack Burns is right to be looking at you like, I've never met you, you chump. What are you yeah. doing? Back off. Right? It's <laughs> so uh, weird. Uh, well, it would be, wouldn't it? Like, if the first time meeting him saying, oh, yeah, can I marry your daughter is... Mate, I've got a story on this. You've just reminded me. Go on. My, one of my sister's first ever boyfriends turned up to the house and introduced himself to my dad and said, hello, Mr. Haynes, I'm the man who's going to marry your daughter. What? And my dad's response was, we'll see. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's that's. I think they're not still together, are they? Oh no, God no, no, God I mean, no. That, that is slimy. That it's hugely is slimy. punchy, isn't it? Aggressively forward, uh, but it is. This is one of the things I was going to say to you straight away, mate. It's such a relatable film, isn't it? Oh, a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. Like, even if okay, your here you go spoiler. Even if your prospective in-laws are not retired CAA kind of sleeper agents. It's still intimidating, isn't it? As a, as, a, as somebody meeting the in-laws. Because it's a mixture of 
you not wanting them to like to judge you to think you're weird or to think that you're a bad fit for for their child but also like you, you just you want to make your partner happy right you want your partner to be happy and you want to kind of feel that you would you would be accepted by their family so it's maybe that's kind of selfish as well but it, it's yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, it's, it's such this, a sort of mire of things, isn't it? You can see, this is one of the things that kind of leads us nicely into Ben Stiller's performance, but you can see he is probably really underrated just how good he is in this. You can see the entire time you feel in your brain when you first meet the, the in-laws or the, the new partner's parents, everyone will have had this that you're, you feel like you're walking a tightrope. You're like, right, make a joke, but don't yeah. make too many jokes because you don't want to come off like an idiot. And then if they don't laugh at your joke, then you're a total twat. And then you sort of sit there and you start thinking, like, why did I make that stupid joke? Now everyone thinks I'm a knob, like just stay quiet. And you're sort of shuffling around and you want to offer to help but not offer to help too much. You know, it's sort of, and you think, right, I'll bring a gift. And he's, when he turns up with the, 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 <laughs> the Jerusalem, <laughs> what is it? The, is it Jerusalem artichoke? No, it's not an artichoke, is it? Isn't it? <laughs> the Jerusalem orchid or something. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Jerusalem uh, tulip? Jerusalem tulip. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and he's I, like, I, oh, the Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I mean, it does come full circle on that at the end when he's like, no, 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 you're not my Jerusalem, 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 he's looking into the sort of nanny camera or whatever it is, the little spy cam. But, but he's so great at that. He sort of really nails that whole feeling of being like, I'm so uncomfortable in my own skin, but I'm just going to try and smile through this. But, but there's so many of his little turns as well that I like when, you know, when he's kind of jealous of Kevin, you know, the ex. And oh, he, mate. he's sort of like, oh, right. So you didn't tell me you're engaged, blah, blah. And she's just like, yeah, but, you know, really ultimately, like, you know, me and Kevin was just a sexual thing. <laughs> he's like <laughs> brushing his teeth <laughs> and then just stops. And he's just like, okay, I, I, I'm going to go and throw up now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, literally, like, <laughs> like, Siri, show me the worst possible yeah. thing that someone could say to you yeah. about their yeah. ex. It's like, it's just a purely sexual thing. It's very physical. I need, like even when he meets him he's kind of like I don't know six or seven inches shorter or whatever so yeah. the camera angles are like shooting up at Owen Wilson yeah. it's, so, it's so brilliant it's so there's actually a bit as soon as he as soon as he arrives so they arrive to the, the thing he's been thrown up on by a baby so he stinks of sick so you can imagine that you're like really conscious like, oh my god I stink of sick I've lost my bag I've turned up to, to their house and all I've got is this plant pot and then um and then she sort of runs off and starts doing that weird high five thing with her dad and i don't know if you noticed this but then the camera just sort of pans back to him and he's just stood with his arms by his side sort of his head slightly tilted like <laughs> the fuck is going on yeah. and he just looks the shot is so wide and he just looks so small and irrelevant in front of this car and I don't know why but I just found myself just streaming like absolutely streaming just couldn't stop laughing at the fact that he was just sort of awkwardly like sort of shuffling on his feet and just looking a bit weird it's just it's uh, you don't sometimes you don't realize with films like this that 
there's so much heavy lifting going on by people that are not actually doing yeah. stuff in the scenes yeah. that he does so much of that, which is just amazing. And he's he sort of just from moment one, when it starts to go wrong, he just commits to everything. It's magnificent. I love it. I I, I, like one of the things that I really uh, I love about this film, like you were saying with him, Bruges um, the other week, is I love it because just it just made me think of it then when he when the baby's sick on him in the airport. So many of the jokes are so well crafted, like it, it, and so many of the elements of the film, like things that are seemingly inconsequential, how they end up being a much bigger thing earlier later on. For example, the cigarettes being thrown. I'm on so the glad roof, you said that. You the know? cigarettes, like and the, she specifically throws it, she slings it, and he yeah. goes, "Yeah, the roof's probably a better option." You know, and, like and, and it just being a throwaway thing to say, "Oh, by the way, don't flush the toilet." You know. Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. early on, and and the fact that he sort of gives him the heads up, and he's like, for seventy two hours, keep the snake in the cage, keep the snake in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> but I love keep his the snake in the Greg. Cage. I'm a realist, you know. When he gives you that, <laughs> and you do, imagine, imagine. I understand you've probably engaged in premarital intercourse with my daughter, and you're I'm just like. like and and the, again, like it cuts. It sort of the camera cuts to Ben Stiller. And he just doesn't know what to say because there is there is no correct answer there. It's like, no, I haven't. You're lying. Yes, I have. Wow, you've slept with my daughter. You know, he's just so he does this thing where he just goes, he just sort of looks off into the distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think one of, like if we're talking about him being awkward, one of the most perfectly and like we're talking about so the jokes being set up and then the the kind of awkwardness again of like pam earlier on just saying oh you know greg hates cats um when oh, when jinxie jumps up at him the car scene later on when they're when they're driving together to the drugstore when the sort of the mum and the daughter are both being like go on yeah go on boys you go and you know they obviously want them to bond so go in the car get some more tom collins mix and he's he's leading up to like wanting to ask Jack's permission. And Jack just goes, Greg, why do you hate cats? You know, I prefer an emotionally shallow animal. <laughs> yeah. What is it? A dog will tuck his genitals between his <laughs> legs. And... Oh, to cover his genitals. Cats yeah. make you work for their affection. <laughs> so good. But he's literally cuts him off as he's trying to like do this really sort of like emotional heart to heart. Greg, why do you hate cats? so good man I love Puff, it and Puff oh, is just the name of the boy's magical dragon you know? that is that is amazing that, that is absolutely amazing his, his little action to uh, smoke uh, a <laughs> marijuana a on grass all the time <laughs> that was a one of the marijuana things marijuana cigarette <laughs> that was one of the things that really jumped out at me right you, the, the, the point you just made about Pam saying Greg hates cats because that's another thing that when you're meeting the parents for the first time it's like please don't tell them that I hate something that they love yeah like no. Stop know, doing that. Like, because one of my things, I'm going to sort of reveal behind the curtain here a little bit. And I don't know whether I said it to you on this pod before. I'm not massive on cheese. But. Oh, pods out, mate. I can't. Sorry, I didn't even realise this. I can't. I don't know if I, in good faith, I can continue. This is the recording thing. Recording a podcast with like, you anymore. But like, literally, I, I, I can do sort of mozzarella. I can do kind of like burrata. But once you get 
into like the the sort of really blue stuff. Oh, I'm in a I'm in a, a stink, dangerous a stinking plate. bishop. <laughs> yeah, a horror like literally anything like a, that. A Gandalf's arsehole. <laughs> what are they? What are they? They've got like so it's it's blue cheese, right? But mm. like I'm not particularly big on goat's cheese, and so my partner is is half Greek, and she loves feta. And so we want one of our earliest dates, we went to a Greek restaurant and she ordered everything with feta. And I think feta tastes like sick. So I just choked down like five courses of this Greek banquet covered in feta. And it took me maybe like six months to admit to her that I just hated it. Mate, though, that's that's commitment, though, man. But right. you do that, don't you? At the beginning, you sort of like you don't yeah. want to kind of you. You are basically you on a good day for you, ages. You eat whatever, and you always completely and utterly holding farts or going to the toilet <laughs> at all. Like you know, <laughs> any sort of going to the toilet. You don't right. use the you don't use the toilet for about six months. You eat everything. Well, especially everything when you first a... move in together. Like, oh you're my like, god, I'm going to need to go to the toilet at the gym. Like, it's just yeah. You know. <laughs> my my thing is the is the is the shower trick you know yeah well get, get <laughs> <it>. <laughs> are you pushing it through we're the plug hole ben or? we're talking about something very different now <laughs> but 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 it's the you know you sort of go into shower crack the shower on you know and then it covers all manner of sins really he's just in there having a shower as opposed to wow that's an aggressive bowel movement. Um, but the, the, um, the, the kind of the kicker is that when you go to, you go to meet the in-laws, <laughs> they're then like, oh, let's have some feta. And then immediately, oh, Ben hates feta. So why uh, did you say that? Why like did you Greek say that? It's a household as well. Yeah, it's literally like, yeah. like oh, that, does he? Interesting. Didn't realise you brought a twat round, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Good. But that's the sort of thing where you make yourself awkward and you go, I, I just think it tastes a sick, all right? And then <laughs> yeah, like, then you yeah. can't stop. But yeah. the other thing is, what's amazing in the film is that, as he says, I just prefer dogs. Out of the corner of your eye, you catch Dina Burns saying... Me too. Yeah, but yeah, she, yeah. She That's the first time I saw it this time I watched it Isn't as well. that amazing that she sort of mimes it, that it's kind of like, I think that tells you a lot about relationships, right? Is that often, sometimes when you've got someone like that, you just go, you know what? I want him to be happy. So we both love Jinxie the cat. We both completely adore this cat. But it, obviously she just doesn't give two shits about it. She just wants him to be happy, which is quite sweet. It I've really, nice. really quite enjoyed that. I, I do wonder if on your feta thing, mate, just as, on a sidebar. Um, you're really you're really affected by this whole cheese thing. I, I shouldn't well, have let the cat just, out of You the know bag. that some people have like a, for example, I enjoy coriander, but to some people some it will people taste of like earwax right? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, yeah. or soap. Yeah. You know, yeah. so maybe, maybe you got that with feta. Yeah, because yeah, I like the same with parmesan. Someone tries to put parmesan on on anything. I'm like, if I'm at, if I'm getting my orange Wednesday, Wednesdays two for one at Pizza Express, they come around <laughs> with the parmesan and go anywhere near. I'm like, away, get out. You're gonna chase them off. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Bring that enormous pepper grinder back, but everything <laughs> else can piss off. So unnecessary, isn't it? Bringing in a four foot pepper grinder. Just it's just performative. Off. Performative nonsense, it, isn't it? It's just absolute gubbins. Um, but why? Whilst we're on the subject of like, whilst we're on the subject of of speaking on on kind of Jack Burns, I want to talk a little bit about the poem scene 
Because this for me is, I, I kind of hadn't realised. Maybe we can just go launch into kind of the the joy of of Robert De Niro a bit here, but we'll start with the the poem scene. And this time around, I I, I don't think I've ever laughed this hard at this film. And usually it's Greg's grace that that takes me, but this yeah. one, the 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 way that that he says, <laughs> I selfishly tried to keep you, whilst the cancer ate away at your organs oh, like God. an unstoppable rebel force. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's excruciating, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's like. Just, Greg says, Greg says, so, so, what do you say? So, 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 oh, so detailed. Like, so emotional, <laughs> but also so much information. Yeah, so much information. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It just slayed me. And, and then I, I didn't, I, I hadn't clocked until this time around that he actually keeps the poem in his wallet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they so they say she, she, they're like poem poem and then he reaches into his pocket and he's just always carrying it with him which is just amazing to think of like the depth you know when they sort of say about how these kind of like films are like super layered that says to me that someone's thought like he needs to carry the poem on his person at all times yeah because he's so emotionally unavailable but the way he reads it it's like a six-year-old has written it which is just fantastic there's a way he kind of it, just man. whips it out and he's so like matter of fact like you know <laughs> it's like he's reading out the, the kind of like you know the, the race results or something like yeah, that at then, first it's, and then Dina says it takes a lot out of him yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the funny thing is because we are I know we're going to get onto the audio commentary and we can just go into that now but well, one let's of the do things it. let's do it man because you what, said earlier on today so this is another peek behind the curtain right Jack and I never share stuff beforehand, but I had to send this to you because it was so good. It's it's amazing. It's so good. And like, one of the bits, like, so not on the audio commentary per se, like this this point isn't, but one of the things that they say in there um, is the fact that this was the first film where Robert De Niro was just an average Joe. He was like a, a yep. normal guy. And the way in which he like nails just being like, a dad and like a dad that whether it's like an in-law so a potential you know kind of in-law or your own dad you can see so much of just like universal dadisms in him like the way (laughs) he like whips his glasses out and puts them on his kind of (laughs) funny little kind of routine that he has you know that he has to stick to and he has to be like the king of his own little castle like another one of the bits in the audio commentary they're saying how like De Niro just improv the fact that when they first let Greg into the house, Greg and Pam in, that De Niro looks out the front door and just has a look around the street and stuff. Just because he was like, well, that's what a guy like this would do. He'd just show that he's always alert and always on edge and stuff. Really paranoid. Know? Just yeah. amazing, isn't it? And that, that, but he had pushed for that to be in it. Robert De Niro had pushed for that to be in it. And I don't know whether, like, I mean, one of the things from the, the, hopefully we can sort of share the audio commentary. I'm hoping that won't kind of like flag from a copyright point of view. But I know we spoke about this last week, but it is such a such a shame that now that DVDs are kind of on their on the wane, um, that we lose things like audio commentaries because I, I never I'd never really given them too much time, but they were kind of like proto podcasts, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, big time. 
with the actual with all of the kind of lead figures in the in the film sitting there talking through it and was it you was it you and I talking about the Armageddon one were we talking about the Armageddon one with Ben yes, Affleck yes so Ben Affleck with where he's basically <clears throat> saying well this is one of the scenes where I was telling Michael Bay that this makes no sense we're teaching a load of oil drillers <laughs> how to be astronauts wouldn't you just teach astronauts to drill a hole <laughs> and, and he was like he said he kept making this point to michael bay so much so that michael bay ultimately was just like ben can you just shut the fuck up like, <laughs> like stop ruining the film that we're trying and to make the way that he yeah. says it he's yeah. such a pissant isn't he yeah, like yeah, he yeah, really yeah, is yeah, like yeah. churning it up and kind of like using it as an excuse to kind of like put the boot in but on on this one You've got everyone is that I think it's the director, the writer, Ben Stiller's there, and Robert De Niro and Bobby may, D. Yeah, and maybe there's maybe Dina's like the the actress that plays Dina um is is in there as well. But what's fascinating is usually people kind of can't wait to have a bit of a chat and they can't wait to kind of reveal a little bit about themselves. Robert De Niro will not say a word. So they'll ask him no. like a really open question. They'll be like, Bob, like, did you, you really like the, the cats? You know, you spent a lot of time with the Jinx, the cat. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. And he's like, like, he's like, I like cats, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he, like, he seemed to really go, well, I thought yeah. you might take one at the end. No, no, it wasn't me. Really. No, thanks. It's <laughs> just good, like, uh, and these uh, answers get shorter and shorter uh, and shorter. The, the other bit when they're like, when the when the director, like you said, we're talking about like De Niro's like improv that he would throw in at certain parts. And I can't remember which one they were referencing in particular, but the director was just like, I just you know, this is what I loved about working with Robert. He does these. I don't know where he gets this stuff from, but his improv was always so good. And just just like it, actually, like where where does this come? Where do you get this from? And he's just like, I mean. Just acting, you just you improvise sometimes. It's literally four, four or five yeah. words, and it gets yeah. to the point where you're like, he's actively trying to not talk now. And at the beginning of watching this video, so that someone yeah. sort of co compiled a, a, all of his answers, and they start with about a sentence, <laughs> and by the yeah. end, he's just sort of just going like. Nah. <laughs> well, I, I, nah. I wanted to ask you though, Ben, because, so because like as I was saying, sort of the point on this, how it's saying that you know De Niro had never been in this type of film before. Do you think what comes through in the commentary is like Robert De Niro just being Robert De Niro? Do you think, in a way, we love this movie, right? We grew up with this movie, yeah. but to yeah. somebody like Robert De Niro who had been, you know, this revered kind of Hollywood, He's the leading man, right, raging bull, Mister you know, Godfather part two, right? He. Yeah. That he's all of a sudden doing like comedy movies and he's I being like the, the, the grumpy dad. Do you think there's a part of him there that's like, I just wanted, I just wanted to do this movie and fucking forget about it. And now I'm having to sit here and talk to these people about yeah. this shit. Like, do do I, I, and I did wonder that if that was kind of part of that or if he's just kind of, a dad, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, like, that is such Because didn't question. that make you think of sometimes, you know, I, f I find it like now, like they're all, they're obviously always happy to see your parents and stuff, but like there are still sometimes when I'll go around now, right? And we've had, you know, we've gone around, we've had lunch, we're having a nice day and then the football will come on. So I'll, I'll sit there and watch that with my dad. And he just wants to watch it. Do you know what I mean? He just wants to watch. He's not 
And it's, I think this is an interesting generational thing, right? He's not born in that era where every single minutiae of every player, every performance, the wider contextual meaning of what's happening in each game. Did you see what Conte said in this press conference? Did yeah. you see what people on Twitter were saying about it? Did you see about the protest outside the ground? Like, you know, my dad's from the generation where they watch the games on match of the day he would go and watch the game sometimes in the ground and then probably read about it in the papers the next day. That's kind of how they connect with football. So some of the time, and I just know it when I'm sat there with him watching it and I'll be saying, he's a good player. We signed him from Blah and apparently Blah wants to sign him and he would just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, shut, and like, shut, exactly. Shut. I can tell he just <laughs> wants to be like, can you shut up and just let I me just watch the football? I want to watch it. I you know? don't even yeah. know his name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, he's Spurs player, you know. Yeah, I remember that. Very, like, really sort of, I was at the, mm. the, at the pub watching Spurs back in the day. And I remember, so I can't remember who I was with. It was with my dad, but we were sat next to two old boys. And one of them just goes, this Canute is shit. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like it's Canute. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, Shut up, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah, going yeah. to knock you out. Yeah, you're going to get ironed out. <laughs> yeah, it's literally that thing, though, isn't it? Of just like some, some people when they're sort of in their in the comfort of their little zone. Sometimes it's like they just want to, like you said. I think Jack Burns's character is the king of his castle. He's got the circle of trust, and he's happy within that circle. Like that seems to be as much as he can kind of manage. And I think I get the impression that Robert De Niro actually as a person is quite like that himself from all of the interviews that I've yeah. watched. He doesn't say more than he needs to. There's a there's a great interview that Ben Stiller does where he talks about the fact that he was so nervous to work with Robert De Niro and he calls him Bob. So obviously he's got close enough to call him Bob, but he said that on the first day um, they were stood waiting for a scene to start and they just stood in silence and he was so awkward and just kind of, was trying to break the ice and trying to say something, but there was just nothing to say. So they just stood in silence. And he said it was like the longest silence he's ever experienced. And I, I think sometimes those people actively enjoy that. And sometimes those people, they're just comfortable well, saying nothing. Would, would you like to say something interesting though? Because I, I do wonder if this kind of plays into it. I don't know if you saw quite recently, um, Ethan Hawke, spoke he's, he was being interviewed and one of the parts they got onto was talking about dead poet society because and i didn't know this at the time ethan Hawke and robin williams and ethan Hawke was what 16 17 when they were making yeah. that movie he's like one of the few people that clashed with robin williams wow um, when working with him and it was at the time because ethan Hawke, it, it, i guess was very happy to be in this like big movie and all this type of thing he said that Robin Williams would show up, crack a joke with everybody. Everyone's waiting to do a scene and then Robin Williams would crack a joke again and it would be the director has to call cut. And he was just like, there was me at like 16, 17, like nervous, wanting to get on with my job. And then you've got this guy who like is this superstar that would just show up and like take the piss. And he just said that he found it really unprofessional. And he said he said that as much to Robin Williams, I think, at the time. Wow. Um, God, that's brave. Yeah. And then he said since though, Ethan Hawke reflecting on it, now he's a similar age to, well, you know, he's an adult, you know, he's an adult, but he's, he's, yeah. he's a grown up now. Um, was just saying he feels 
like such a I don't think it's because of what's happened you know the eventual fate of Rob Williams I think he just said he was reflecting on that and his kind of attitude as a youngster and he's like you know what the thing is though it it must be fucking scary working with a whole group of like young people who are like oh my god I'm working with Robin Williams because he was probably feeling that expectation to be Robin Williams right yeah and I guess yeah. this maybe was influenced by what happens to Robin Williams when I think about it now because he was saying he's got such a level of sympathy and such a level of sort of guilt for how he was about that even though he was just a kid because of that because he was saying I just completely neglected the fact that he was probably really anxious as well and probably thinking I have to be a certain way of I have to make everybody on. happy precisely yeah. and I guess like to to <laughs> this like you know De Niro is just, yeah, he's he's a guy. He's Robert De Niro, but he's a guy. He's a dad. He's an actor doing a job. And he probably is thinking like, sometimes I just, sometimes we all feel, sometimes he just wants to show up to work and like not have just to do be Robert job De Niro. Today. You know? like, yeah, exactly. And, and he seems to be very, very comfortable just with the kind of awkward silences and stuff. I watched another, one of the other things I was sort of thinking when I was, kind of watching through some stuff for this. It's a great video. I think it's a Good Morning America video, right? Even though COVID was absolutely horrendous for all of us in so many ways, one thing that we did kind of get is that people started just... People just coming up with the most sort of base level ideas for things to put on TV because there was just nothing on Mm. TV. So suddenly... You've got people jumping on to do rewatches of of films, but with the original cast or interviews with the original cast of something. I um, remember there was that didn't they get that the Avengers all on a, a Zoom at the, okay. at the same time or whatever. But they did the same for Meet the Parents, and I don't know what the That's anniversary cool. was, but they all kind of sat there and 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 are chatting away and they're all very engaged and very upbeat and they kind of keep coming to Robert De Niro and he's just giving nothing to the interviewer. And then the interviewer at the end goes, listen, maybe you should do another one. Would you consider it, Robert? Would you go for it? And he was like, yeah, I mean, if if the other guys want to do it. (laughs) Just like not giving the interviewer anything. And the other thing is if you have been an interviewer in any of those situations... I'm sure lots of people have done this before, whether it's kind of like whether you're trying to impress your boss or whether you're doing, you're giving an interview and it's just not going very well or whether you're like lucky enough like you or I, Jack, to to actually go and interview someone that you were quite impressed with, you know, like a footballer or an actor or whatever. When it's not going well, it, it feels like every second is an eternity. Yeah. It feels like you can't, it feels like it's literally like your skin is crawling and you're like, someone bail me out it's of like this. It's like a cold sweat, isn't it? Yeah, it happened to me with Ben Affleck. I got, when when he did um, Justice League, I think it was. I remember that, though, but he was not playing ball at all. I remember watching Nothing. the rushes. Because I remember, because you were sort of saying to me, like, was I like, did I... Fuck was up. I a twat? Like, yeah, was, and I was like, I no, he's something. just being really like knobby. It's, it's it the best is, way you can put it, but but it just is horrendous because you don't know what to do. You, you literally don't know what to do, mm. and there's nothing 
worse than being in that situation and being like, just please like me. I can tell you hate me, but please could just for the yeah, sake of my that. job, could you just could you just like me? And I think the thing is with Robert De Niro, he's got to that point, hasn't he, where he doesn't have to like anyone if he doesn't want to. He could do whatever he wants because he is one of the greatest of all time. So Would he's, you... Sorry, go on, carry on. So no, go on, mate, go, go on. I was going to say, would you like to know two of the other uh, two of the other actors that were potentially going to be cast to play Jack Burns? Oh my god, this is great trivia. Who? So one is absolutely fantastic. Like you could, because it, 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 you think like, oh, I couldn't see anyone other than yeah Robert De Niro doing this yeah, role. Yeah. But one of them, I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. would have been interesting to see. So that was James Kahn. Wow, okay, okay, yeah. So you can yeah. see that, right? And then mm. I wonder if that's why he got Elf a few years later, because they were just like, you know, it's a similar kind of role in a way, you know? Yeah, it is actually, it is, yeah. Um, and the other one, which is very from their field, but is John Travolta. Oh, so what year is this? This is 2000. 2000, yeah. And let's just see where John Travolta was. 94 so, was Pulp 94 Fiction. 94 was Pulp Fiction, yeah. When, when had he done Face Off? Probably, I would say, I would guess 98, 99. That's, that would be my guess. What a film as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, another one that we're going to have to do because mm. that is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, see, that would have been, that's a kind of very good era for him to, yeah, 97 was Face Off. And then he did Swordfish in 2001. When was that awful film that basically killed his career? Battlefield Earth, was it? Battlefield Earth. Was that the end for him? Effectively, yeah. It was a huge budget movie that was a total, total flop. (laughs) Like a catastrophic flop, a historic flop. 2000, that was... Really? Should have taken, should have taken the character of Jack Burns. He would should have been have fine. Taken Jack Burns. Do you, do you want to know a couple of others floated for uh, for Greg Fokker? Yes, please. While we're on it, so Owen Wilson actually originally uh, auditioned for the role. See, or I think uh, they were we're going to come and talk about him as Kevin. Yeah. But that, thank God, they kept him as Kevin because he was magnificent. As John Favreau was another. Yeah. Yeah. And Jim Carrey. Which makes sense, right? So, so I've got an interesting one on this. Jim Carrey had been, hadn't he been across the original script? I think he was across. Yeah. yeah, and there were some things that he, Jim Carrey came up with the name Gaylord Fokker. Did he? Yeah, so that was the, and I mean, the, the way that Robert De Niro says Fokker that he he does it so well it's amazing it's it, i've never i mean you would never have heard someone say the word fokker like that because well, didn't didn't they say in the audio commentary it was going to be folker at first or something yeah. was yeah. it folker or it was something like to, that or it was this, i think it was folker or yeah well for the sequel they had to find a family that had the surname fokker <laughs> in order to prove that the title of the film could be Meet the Fockers, that it wasn't a really? swear word. Yeah, so they had to find this family that had the surname F-O-C-K-E-R, which is just amazing as well. That's so, so cool. Um, let's go Let's go to talk a bit about Owen Wilson because I love him so much. I, I love him in almost everything. I, 
I adore Owen Wilson. And I know that he's a bit, people think he's a bit played out sometimes and kind of his character, like, wow, wow. And all like doing so much of the same stuff. (laughs) But I love him. And this, like, I've just put a fresh thing of lacquer on this. And he's like, (laughs) I whittled it when he says whittled. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's amazing as the kind of just the the kind of perfect god please can it be anyone but him that is your ex you know he's sort of like he's like oh well jesus was a carpenter so i thought i'd be like him he's like shut up you knob you know you sort of you absolutely like if you if you were in greg's position you just think i just hate this guy Get him away from me. And then Greg sort of says, she she had nothing but great things to say about you. And he's like, yeah, wow, what a tomcat. (laughs) 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 And then just sort of looks off into the distance while he's thinking about having slept with her. And Greg's just all stood there again. It's still got all the fucking pictures of her, like, everywhere in the house. (laughs) All over his house as well. And, like, amazing that he then turns up in, in the sequel was The Priest. Like or does the does the ceremony is is fantastic and just he's he's amazing and that sequence where Jack Burns is selling out Greg and and um, sort of it, Owen Wilson's character saying about oh yeah I know there's some there's a load of money to be made in in biomed and then and then De Niro's character goes Greg's a nurse. <laughs> Just like can't wait to just completely <laughs> cut him down to size. Oh yeah, Greg's Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> just so brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then and then you get into the volleyball scene as well with him, and sort of Greg comes out in those tiny how, little trunks. But, but you know these bits, like you know, how much do you fucking hate Doctor Bob though and his dad? Yeah. Oh, mate. What's his dad? Is he's like the plastic surgeon? He's called Doctor Bob as well, isn't he? Aren't they both? Are they both called? No, Doctor Larry. Doctor Larry Larry and Doctor Bob. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite moments of the film when uh, when De Niro says um, he says to him, "We're getting creamed out here," and he goes, "Maybe a Florence Nightingale over here could play a little defense." <laughs> I missed one shot, Larry. It was a big shot. Yeah, <laughs> such <laughs> an just arsehole. such arseholes. And when they they sort of they, they just they kind of like lord it over him so much. And that's another thing that's so relatable is that you sort of you know when you go into the the kind of family friends group and you don't know anyone and you're so uncomfortable and people could make it easy for you, but there's always those there's always that bloke who just is overjoyed to see you squirm. You know, like, it's just, there's always one, isn't there? There's always someone who's like, yeah, there's, there's enjoying being a bit uncomfortable. And it's just so horrible. And Larry and Bob are, are those guys. Well, it's also so that annoying. thing, isn't it? As like, with uh, back to Owen Wilson's character as well. He's got that whole thing of like, how can no one else see that this guy's an asshole? Like, how, is it just me? I look, <laughs> yes. you can see everything that yes. he does is so deliberate. It's also deliberate and it's also belittling of me, but I have to sit here and listen to what a saint he is. Like, am I am I going mad here? Am I the problem? It's like a weird sort of type of gaslighting, isn't it? You know? Yeah, because then Ben Stiller's character goes, "Yeah, I'm with you, Maverick, or whatever, yeah. or I'm yeah. your wingman," and yeah. and she sort of has to kind of 
talk him down and and kind of pacify him. But when you're in that situation, you're like, how is no one else getting this? There's got to be someone else who's sitting here listening to him talk about lacquer, thinking what an absolute knobby is. But everyone seems so taken with him. That's such a good, like, yeah, that's so on the money. It's such an annoying thing. And he's he's sort of, he's kind of the worst. Night. We talked about this at barbecue at the weekend, didn't we? You know, the bigger ex. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that, that ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend, you know, that you're always, that, that's like, oh, wow, they were actually like super attractive and in amazing shape and still look great right now. You're like, good. No, that makes oh, me really uncomfortable. Successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got loads of money as well. Great. Oh, oh and he's yeah. a carpenter and he's yeah. super religious. Oh, oh, fantastic. No, overjoyed. Do you know, overjoyed. One, of the, one of the textbook ones of that is when they do the thing and you're like, I know you did that on purpose. When they say your name wrong. You know, when you meet them at, at <laughs> yeah. some point. Like, Greg, oh, hey, is it? Oh, it's, it's John, isn't it? Yeah, no. Nah, and he says but... it wrong so many times as well. Yeah. They do it so many times. It's just amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing, particularly during the volleyball. And that volleyball setup is, that for me, is kind of like one of the best moments of the film. The, the fact that he gets up to spike it and he, and he sort of connects with it so cleanly and you see the look on his face like finally i'm going to be accepted by everyone for getting something right and then he goes (laughs) beneath the water and then comes back up to see (laughs) dina burns fully clothed diving into the water the blood is everywhere everyone's looking around it's like just a game fucker (laughs) it's just so brilliant man so brilliant and like he just is so perfect in those situations. And like we were saying earlier on, the cutaways to him, isolated and alone and awkward. He does it. He does it as well as anyone. It's amazing. Love it. Did you know the first film, it was actually going to be called Meet the Fockers. Oh, no way. Yeah. So maybe that was why they didn't do it. Maybe that's why they didn't do it at the beginning. That's just so incredible the way De Niro just keeps... I don't know how many times he says it, but it brings a smile to your face every single time, doesn't it? Um, uh, One of the things I did want to sort of, while we're on Meet the Fockers, have you seen, I'm assuming you have seen Meet the Fockers. I have, yeah. It's so rare to get a sequel like that, where it takes all of the things that you love about the first film and then just adds a little bit of extra kind of, stardust on it expands the universe totally works you know we we started watching that straight after so we watched meet the parents and then we started watching meet the fuckers straight after and dustin hoffman and barbara streisand just magnificently it's literally like they've just put on these outfits and just stepped into that world as if they've been a part of it the whole time it's brilliant in it like the way they've they have done that the casting's great and everything can we though or just collectively pretend that little fuckers never existed yeah well i watched i think i've only seen that once maybe no i think i've only seen it once and i can't even remember i it, i only realized that jessica alba was in it because I watched something else this week that says that there's gonna there's gonna be a fourth one. Oh really? Yeah. So everyone has signed back up again to do it. 
I reckon it'll be good though. There's been enough time, like yes. the dust has settled, yeah. right? You kind of feel like it will be okay. Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, you feel like I mean, I'm still seeing De Niro. What what year was The Irishman? Ooh, let's have a look. I would guess 2020, but 2019. Yeah. So De Niro is now 79, and in terms of like the the stuff that he's that he's doing like it's not like he's fallen off a cliff do you know what i mean it's not no. like he cuz he was in joker wasn't he he was amazing in joker as well yeah he's still just kind of like kept ticking away so i i i feel like it will be i feel like be him if if he does commit to it again i feel like it would be wonderful to watch I didn't. I'm literally just now poking about on uh, IMDb. Did you realise that this was a remake? No. I'm no just way. seeing now that Meet the Parents was a movie. Uh, yeah, in 1992. Oh my gosh! I didn't know it was a National Lampoon movie. So do we need? Do we need to go back and? Uh... Do a little bit of a rewatch there. Just see we, what's what. We, we may well need to. It's Greg and Pam. Wow. And that's quite mad. I had no idea. We'll have to give that N a little... Not me. Have to little, give that a little watch. I wonder whether... I wonder how much the crossover there is. I wonder whether it's a... Whether it's a sort of remake as in complete reworking or whether this is a, a bit of a copycat. But it's, that's wild. Never knew that. Um, tell you what, actually, before we go on to the to the ratings, I wanted to pick your brains as to what the top five lines are in this. You know, I, I asked my family, because we watched a film together, I asked my family, I was like, what are the lines that you think of when you think of this film? What are the lines that you're like, that is iconic, that, that I will always remember it? For as, as when anyone asked me about Meet the Parents, those are the lines that I remember. I mean, for me, it's hundred percent that I am watching you. I, I know it's like it's not even like the most hilarious one, but just the whole moment, the whole the setup of it, everything that's going on, I just love it. I, I always just say whenever I, I would talk about Meet the Parents, I'd always just that I am watching you. I, yeah, I just that I'm think watching you. Another one for me. I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, Puff is just the name of the boy's magical dragon. That's another yeah, one I, I've always, always done it for me. You said bomb on an airplane. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Bomb, 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 bomb. Amazing. I also you've always, loved... You've spoken about the lacquer. That's a big one. <laughs> lacquer. I loved when they're sitting in the change room. He goes, I will take you down. I will take you down, take to, you Chinatown. down to Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. <laughs> well, I will he take him down to Chinatown. The, the circle of trust as well. <laughs> circle of trust. The circle of trust, that's the improv bit. You know, De Niro improvised that, the circle of trust. No. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. I love those little things like that. And mm. the, the, the last one for me that I, well, I mean, we spoke about. I'll take the, you down. I will take you down. I will, I will take you sort of down like to Chinatown. I will take you down. It's I will take so you down good. to Chinatown. Um, the, the, obviously, the poem, obviously, him saying grace at the table yeah. day by day. Three things I pray, which is amazing. Day, De, De Niro's face when he says it. De Niro sort of like 
The eyebrow. So, <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. So good. Just genius. And I didn't know actually with that as well that he had that that song that it's taken from had been playing at the at the pharmacy shop that they go to. So that's, <laughs> why, it's that in it. so that's, that's why it's in his head, which is that's really, good. really good. Um, I, but, I, I never knew what that song was. It's That's one of those jokes that I remember my parents always creasing out a lot and me just not getting when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and then the, there is one final one that we haven't spoken about yet, which is absolutely amazing, which is him saying... Please just see that I'm a person with feelings and all I want to do is what I want to do and that is to hold on to my bag. And he's on, <laughs> he's on the plane and he's having this meltdown. And that woman is the embodiment of what we all hate about going to airports. Yeah, yeah. She's so incredibly good at it. And she's got when, the when sticks he's, uh, coming out of her hair. Yeah, please. Yeah, or whatever she says. When she she uh, says we're now boarding rows nine to twenty. He's like, "I'm row eight. Step back, please, sir." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, "We're now boarding all other rows." And then he steps forward, and she goes, "Hello." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is brilliant. It's such a small like part, but it's so as well if, done. As yeah. if she hasn't just been staring yeah. in for the past ten minutes, and it literally scans around the airport, and there's just people hoovering. It's just so good man so good and she comes back in the second one as well which is great it's it's really fantastic does she um, okay. so go on mate tell me who's your who's your MVP Oof. it's a real tough one isn't it it's a real tough one between the two of them because it's, it's still a De Niro um, I think I'll tell you what I'm going to give it just to Ben Stiller because I don't think anybody else could have pulled off the role like him. Whereas I, not to do Bobby Deere disservice, but I think like we were saying, James Khan, I could have seen him playing that role yeah. um, and putting his own take on it and being just as good. But Stiller for his awkwardness, for his, his physical comedy that wasn't as slapstick as Jim Carrey's, or should we say as outwardly slapstick as Jim Carrey's, but a kind of almost like more subtle, sarcastic, sardonic type of slapstick that Ben yeah. Stiller has just mastered. It's really like, I think he's like at his very best. Did they teach you that in the CIA? <laughs> Did they teach that you that? That is amazing. He yeah. like, sort of does his like spin around karate. His angry nerds type, you know, <laughs> thing. Just amazing. He's so, so it was the same for me. I've, I've yeah. given to Ben Stiller every day of the week, I think, because the way that I see it with this, right, I think De Niro is like a an elite level striker. You know, he's sort of finishing these things off. But yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller is doing all the legwork. I the feel like he's maker. pulling all the strings and he's kind of like just tossing these balls up. And I think there is a really, there's a humility in his performance to understand that, Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. You know, like in those scenes, he doesn't try and like overplay it. He doesn't try and go too big. He kind of really lets De Niro be the guy, like the alpha. Yeah. But in doing so, kind of you you really fall for for Greg, that you you really root for him, which I love. I think it's, it's such a good performance, man. All right then, Hazy. I'm, I'm going to put to you then the ultimate question, which is the ageing process. Are we going fine wine or war crime on this one? Uh, 
So this for me, I, I I will just flag. I mean, we we watched, we spoke about Rye Lane the other week, and this I totally get that this film, there's so many kind of people like you or I, right, will watch this and recognise so many elements, and there'll be a lot of people that watch this film, and I'm sure they will enjoy it and laugh along with it and be like, this is just not my family, this is not my experience, this is not my version of meeting the parents and this wasn't my version mm. of meeting the in-laws but at the same time for what it is if it is your cup of tea and it is sort of the the kind of version of meeting the in-laws that you recognize like you said earlier on this film is is it's the warm and fuzzies it's so consistent for you you know you can just put it on and you'll spend, I assume it's an hour and a half to two hours, and you smile and you laugh all the way through, and you sometimes watch for your hands while Greg is doing this crazy stuff as he kind of digs a deeper and deeper hole for himself to get out of. Because all really that Robert De Niro's character says from the start is, I just want you to tell the truth. But once he's lied once, he sort of can't, get out of it he suddenly finds himself looking in a magazine looking at breast pumps and then suddenly he's talking about milking his mum's cat Geppetto because it's got nipples Geppetto and I wonder if Stiller like ad, like ad-libbed that as well like the name Geppetto just amazing and then he sort of gets it that he can't he's not allowed to smoke but then he's thrown the cigarettes away so it just is kind of it just leads from one thing to another and you don't begrudge the fact that it's got this perfect kind of happy ending with Robert De Niro's character essentially proposing to to Ben Stiller's Greg. And I, I loved it, mate. I Watching this back, I wanted us to do a, a comedy and something that would make us laugh. And, yeah. And it made me laugh at least 20 times, I think. Do, and I've been able to watch scenes since that have made me laugh again. It's, it's lovely. Do you think... I guess the only the only the only little thing that does stand out for me that I do wonder is if the whole basically the gag the gay lord gag yeah you, no. you, if it still flies do you know what I mean yeah, like I is it punching down I don't know because I haven't really fully because I'm like because it was a name is it more a reflection on the fact that like they're making fun of him or is it really just a bit of a cheap gag i don't know yeah you know so i did think about this but then i thought the idea is we're supposed to be on greg's side Mm. we're supposed to look at them and be like look at these obnoxious people you know that are that are because i think actually i think it's this is is this the younger brother called danny or dennis i think denny Denny, i think or something like that and he says he's like wait so let me get this right your name's gay fucker and you, you at the time, Greg is being literally turfed out of the the yeah. home, and it, it's no longer we're no longer like laughing. You know, it's like you're just being a bit brutal and you're being a bit of a knob. And it, you actually hear the way that they obviously deliberately left this in, right? Is you hear the way that it's kind of dimmed the background audio is sort of dimmed but you can hear what they're saying about him and they're just being mean and they're just being nasty yeah so i didn't actually feel i'm sure others might feel differently and you know it might be that that's perhaps a little bit close to the line is not one that you'd not a joke you'd make now um 
but I, like I, I kind of felt because it was a similar thing with the nursing gag, right? They kept going back to this gag about being a male nurse as if that was totally unacceptable. But there is scenes where Greg tries to explain why being a nurse was such a great career decision for him and they just talk over the top of him. Yeah. So yeah, it, because that's because I really agree with that as well. Because I thought that you know, yeah, nailed it. It's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> what was it to you in terms of like? I'm assuming you watched it back and you just you, you laughed like you laughed before. It's great. And I was worried because comedy doesn't always age that well. But I have watched this many times down the years as well. Um, and I was just wondering if I yeah if I was being super critical about it, is it still good? But I think it's aged great. I think it's still very very funny um and i still think you know for for a lot of people whether or not it completely and utterly reflects your dynamic or whatever i still think there are some universal truths within the film that we can all kind of yes. relate to i think yes, so i agree you know? i agree that the, the, even in 23 you can we can just about cling on to now you know you still do not want to upset the in-laws you know, that at the heart of the film, ultimately, your life is going to be far better as a as a partner in a relationship if your in-laws think, you know what, they're OK. You know, so yeah. it is a it is a it is a like it's one of those that still manages to kind of maintain its relevance. But I reckon this is going to be one of the first ones that we've done where it's it's not overly positively received from a critic's point of view i reckon well, people will be snooty not bad on imdb mate here's after a flyer seven okay. seven on imdb Ellen so goodman excellent that's, that's still good uh, you know imdb um well mate how wrong you were rotten tomatoes 84 percent certified really fresh as well really certified fresh oh, let's see some of the good. reviews um Bob Thomas of the Associated Press says, Meet the Parents isn't as funny as There's Something About Mary, nor as outrageous, but it confirms that Ben Stiller is the best of today's young practitioners of comedy. Oh, um, nice. Let's have a look. So Time Magazine says, Alas, poor Fokker, he can't help himself, and we can't help ourselves from falling about equal equally helpless at this superbly antic movie. Um, Derek Adams of Time Out said, Astutely observed, Subtly played and consistently hilarious. Nice. Yeah. So, oh, nice. film four, here we go. Packed with cringeworthy moments from beginning to end. Jay Roach's comedy is for anyone who has ever endured a weekend in the company of potential in-laws. So, oh, I'm really glad, man. Yeah. That's, that's really good. good. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, um, Metacritic? Yes, sir. No badge, mate, but still 73%. Okay, with, well, that's with, solid, mm, solid return. Well, I would say with all positive reviews, some mixed reviews, but no negative reviews either. Yeah, there's not much to not like In, about oh, it. I'm saying this, this is, there, it, TNT Rough Cut gave it 40% and they said, never before have two such skilled actors been so monstrously squandered in a movie. But I, nah, I, I, I get nah, bin. That's the, that's, that's, that's we're, we're dropping that one. Um, okay, so now is the time. Like, I really, really enjoyed the music that Purdy put on this week, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna cue the music for you. Well, can I, can I just say because with that in mind, mate, I actually prepared 
I've prepared a little intro for, for this week's oh, movie. Oh, wow. Because I thought, you know, I heard the music. I was like, right, we've got to do something. So, you know, Okay, so go. I feel like the lights have to come down now. <laughs> right, go for, it, go for it, mate. What have you got? In the gritty streets of a working-class city, a young man named Jimmy Smith Jr. struggles to find his voice amidst the hardships and adversity of his surroundings. But you know what? He's got a burning passion for hip-hop. Jimmy wants to prove himself and escape his tough life, so he dives into the world of rap battles, battling not only against his own doubts, but the haters who underestimate him. It's a journey of self-discovery with rhymes and intense showdowns. Get ready for an electrifying story where Jimmy finds his voice. This is 8 Mile. Oh, mate. There you go, man. Very well done. What um what brought like what brought eight mile to mind? I do have to admit. Shout out to Yanni, my friend. He has been saying since day one, I really want you to do eight mile. Okay. And I'm not just acquiescing to him. I it is a truly, I think great film i haven't watched it for a few years i haven't i've haven't watched it in ages and i was obsessed with eminem right as a, he as was a kid. it just made me think like because what pushed us along further was i saw i saw a particularly kind of like mean-spirited thread about eminem the other day with just like some of those young folk going on about like oh what a clapped old man he is like he's so lame i can't believe people ever used to like him actually or even all his old rhymes are crap and stuff like it's so lame and i'm like uh, man you had to be there like you have no idea how unbelievably era defining and culturally defining he was he, he was i would say quite easily the most famous man on the face of the planet for a time oh mate and listen this is uh, do you know what let's not go too far into it because there's there's going to be so many nostalgic touch points for us yeah. to get into next week and I can't wait to do it so yeah nice I'm glad, well, I'm glad you've enjoyed that mate magnificent well everyone should get in touch right yeah get in touch send us DMs on all of our platforms which include Instagram TikTok Twitter YouTube Send any questions for the show, any comments on anything we've spoken about so far. If you do have any recommendations, see, Yanni, I told you, Jonathan, I told you, I told you I'd do it at some point. And to, to all of you listening, you know, just keep badgering us and maybe, maybe it will just resonate with us on a certain day and we'll, we'll think, yeah, well, actually, let's go with Sausage if, Party. Actually, it's not old <laughs> enough yet. It's not old enough. If you catch us on a good day. You know when you're just sort of like toying with multiple ideas. If you just mm. get wet, like it can be, it can be a deal breaker. So keep them coming in. Absolutely. Um, been a pleasure, mate. Look forward to pleasure, next week mate. already. Always a pleasure. It's nice to have a break away from football and just to be able to think about films again. Love it. Right. See you next week, buddy.